You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.pagosity.tv. Your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.pagosity.tv now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of July 15th, 2018. The podcast that holds their folded faces to the floor. This is your host, Shane Killian, and returning this week is Daniel Wilcox. Welcome back, Daniel. Uh, hey, great to be back. Uh, before we start, I'd like to take this chance to shill for a project that I'm involved in called Danganronpa 69, Castle Chaos... I'm going to be lending my voice, and it's going to be a sort of dubbed comic. Yeah, give me the link, I'll put it in the show notes. So everyone, please check that out. For now, let's ultra-pollinate the news of the bogus. And we start off with an update in the Kim.com saga. After the government basically admitting that there's no reason to extradite him, and they violated basically every law that exists when raiding his New Zealand home, he somehow still lost his appeal in the New Zealand courts. The court ruled that Dotcom and three of his former colleagues, Matthias Ortman, Bram van der Kolk, and Finn Batado, are eligible for extradition to the United States on numerous trumped-up charges, including copyright infringement, money laundering, and racketeering. Oh, dear. According to the ruling, quote, we are satisfied that New Zealand law permits extradition for copyright infringement in the circumstances of this case, despite the fact that, as we've repeatedly covered, and as the courts even admitted, there is no such thing as secondary criminal copyright infringement in either New Zealand or the United States. Quote, That is so, although we have held... Contrary to previous authority, the double criminality is required in extradition between New Zealand and the United States. The appellants are accused of conduct that, if proved, would establish extradition offenses in New Zealand law. So apparently they can just make up any old crap like racketeering, support it with nothing, and get anyone extradited on that basis. We have said this too many times to count without hyperbole. If the state wants to detain you, they will find a reason, even if they have to make one up. Yep. And let's not forget, Kim.com is not a U.S. citizen. He has never been to the United States. He has never owned a business in the United States. He has never had anything to do with any kind of business or organization in the United States. So apparently they can just get anyone they want. Yeah. Anyone, anyway, for any reason. Quote, Parliament has made a policy decision to protect copyright owners, conferring upon them the exclusive right to copy their work. A criminal offense is committed by anyone who knowingly possesses an infringing digital copy of a protected work in the course of business with a view to committing any act, such as online dissemination, that infringes the copyright. But again, what they're alleging is secondary, not primary, copyright infringement, which again, is not a crime in New Zealand. Could you explain for me and some of the viewers at home what uh, the difference is between primary and secondary? Primary is when, like, you yourself take a movie and say, I'm going to distribute it online, and you put it on 
mega upload in this case or whatever and start spreading the link around. Secondary is when you don't directly do it yourself, but you enable someone else to do it. Oh, like providing the platform. I get it. Yeah. Even though Mega Upload didn't do anything that Dropbox and Google Drive and everyone else aren't, isn't doing. They just don't have as big a lobby. Yeah. So, what did the court do with all of the arguments tearing apart the government's case? They just ignored them. According to .com, quote, in its written judgment, the court has decided not to record or engage with our primary and strong submissions on why there was no criminal copyright infringement. At the hearing, it did. This is obviously extremely disappointing. If the Court of Appeal did accept we were right, as the High Court did, then the court would need to find that the United States' case to extradite me fails. Our submissions on why that must follow are very strong and rely on international authority. And he also pointed out that the ruling would expose ISPs and other service providers to criminal liability when other people misuse their services, something else New Zealand law doesn't allow for, but we've covered how that too is being eroded over time. Isn't this like suing someone because some other idiot stole their truck and crashed into a building? Yeah, it would be like suing Ford or Chevy or whoever for the accident. Or for it being used as a getaway car or something. Yeah. So the case goes on to the New Zealand Supreme Court.com says, quote, As people know, I am prepared to fight to get justice, whether it is for me or others. I will appeal to the Supreme Court. Just yesterday, the United States accepted that right exists. My legal team are confident that the Supreme Court will hear the appeal given there are such significant legal issues at stake. Many important cases in New Zealand are not won in the Court of Appeal or in the courts below, but are won when they reach the Supreme Court. My case will be one of those. And also something else to keep in mind, Mega Upload was being used by people, just like Dropbox and the rest, for a lot of perfectly legitimate data which is sitting on those hard drives which as we've covered are somewhere decaying away yeah they can't access them yeah they've, they've tried we've covered them say if you're tired of the promos in this podcast well the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling? Or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttletwins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain, or regulations passed in the name of safety, and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. We covered the horrible legislation known as FOSTA-SESTA. 
legislation that is supposed to stop sex trafficking, but really just erodes the very protections we mentioned earlier, whereby service providers cannot be held responsible for the actions of their users. In the United States, that's codified in Section 230 of the 1996 Communications Decency Act. And so we talked about Backpage. It was kind of a Craigslist that a lot of escorts used. The government kept saying wrongly that it was a site about human trafficking. In fact, Backpage always cooperated with law enforcement whenever any real abuse was taking place. And we said at the time that shutting down Backpage will make it harder for police to stop human trafficking. And guess what? We were right. Now they're admitting it. Yep. Recently in Indianapolis, an undercover cop, John Daggy, arrested a pimp, and a reporter asked him why there have been so few arrests. In fact, this was the first in 2018. And here's what Daggy said, quote, We've been a little bit blinded lately because they shut Backpage down. I get the reasoning behind it and the ethics behind it. However, it has blinded us. We used to look at Backpage as a trap for human traffickers and pimps. With Backpage, we would subpoena the ads, and it would tell a lot of the story. Also, with the ads, we would catch our victim at a hotel room, which would give us a crime scene. There's a ton of evidence at a crime scene. Now, since Backpage has gone down, we're getting late reports of them, and we don't have much to go by. Backpage is one of those things that the public notices. It's like, oh, prostitution is icky, and it can lead to this, but they just do this as a security theater out of sight, out of mind. Same with the homelessness problem. Well, and they also try to equate any form of prostitution whatsoever with sex trafficking. Which is, well, yeah. Yeah, so all you Backpage bashers and Sestafosta supporters, what do you have to say about this? What about all those claims of those of us who were against Sestafosta were supporters of child prostitution? Hey, Amy Schumer, why's the cat got your tongue all of a sudden? And where are all the other Hollywood bigwig types who claimed that this was all about stopping sex trafficking and protecting children and not at all about eroding Section 230 protections? Although, of course, as we've covered before, anyone who truly cares about sex workers and sex trafficking should promote the legalization of prostitution. Yeah. No, they never cared about sex trafficking. Remember, this was predicted ahead of time by many people. They threw victims of sex trafficking under the bus for their own political agenda, and that's it. I can't help but think it's insulting to compare politicians to whores. Yeah, because at least whores make an honest living. Exactly! If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home. And don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. 
Of course, one completely horrible piece of online legislation we've covered at length is the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Can there be many YouTubers and other content makers that haven't been victim to it at one time or another? I mean, how many times have you been DMCA'd? I've lost count. Yes, DMCA abuse is rampant, and that includes a lot of quote-unquote well-respected people who have had content posted about them that they don't like that they use the DMCA to try and take down. In this particular story, the requests are made of Google to take down links that have no infringing content whatsoever. For example, there's radio talk show host Warren Ballantyne who wanted to have web pages taken down that were nothing more than news reports and even a press release from the DOJ about his conviction for two mortgage fraud schemes. And he's far from the only one. There's Monica Morgan, convicted of tax fraud, and Chauncey Mayfield, convicted of pension fraud, all sorts of others. And it really sounds like they're trying to do that European right-to-be-forgotten type of thing. Basically trying to hide evidence of anything they might have done. Right, things that are actually in the public record. And what's interesting is that although they each filed the claims personally, the language used is almost identical, so there appears to be some kind of coordination here. Or maybe there's an app for this or something, who knows. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's like a form website or something. Yeah. So the DMCA can be shown to be repeatedly used to stop legitimate content critical of others. What it can't be shown to have done is stop online piracy, which continues unabated and even at a degree not even fathomed when the DMCA was first passed in 1998. Yeah. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to deflate this week's biggest bogan emitter. We figured we'd be doing Donald Trump a lot, and here he is in one more edition regarding his comment about our so-called trade deficit with the EU. Actually, I remember one of the earliest videos I ever watched of yours was uh, one explaining exactly how a trade deficit works. Something like trade deficit isn't a bad thing. Oh, it's not, and we'll get into why, but first of all, let's get into what our moron-in-chief tweeted on the 10th of July, quote, We lose $151 billion on trade with the European Union. 
charge us big tariffs and barriers. What he's talking about is data from the U.S. Census Bureau showing that the U.S. imports $434.6 billion in goods from Europe, but only exports $282.3 billion, leaving a so-called trade deficit of $152.3 billion. And on the face of it, this has never made any sense to me. If my neighbor wants to give me $450 worth of stuff and is only asking for $300 worth of stuff in return, isn't that a good deal? Yeah, that, that seems <laughs> like... Uh... You're ahead $150. It's not a deficit. You don't lose it. Let's let Milton Friedman school him from beyond the grave. In the international trade area, the language is almost always about how we must export. And what's really good is an industry that produces exports. And if we buy from abroad and import, that's bad. But surely that's just upside down as well. What we send abroad, we can't eat, we can't wear, we can't use for our houses. The goods and services we send abroad are goods and services not available to us. On the other hand, the goods and services we import, they provide us with TV sets we can watch, with automobiles we can drive, with all sorts of nice things for us to use. The gain from foreign trade is what we import. What we export is the cost of getting those imports. And the proper objective for a nation, as Adam Smith put it, is to arrange things so we get as large a volume of imports as possible for as small a volume of exports as possible. Of course, not just Daniel, but any other longtime viewer of my YouTube channel will remember from that video what that $151 billion really is. It's net foreign investment. Companies in the U.S. are just that much more attractive to investors than countries in the EU. And that should be a source of pride. I mean, not only do you have Europeans giving us more in goods that they take, but they also give us more in investment money than we give them. I can't think of any way in which this is a bad thing. And once again, every single school of economics agrees that free trade is win-win. Nobody loses when trade is free. Protectionism, as we covered last week, might make short-term gains in certain areas, but it will cause significant damage to the economic conditions of American workers across the board in the long term. So all of that makes us give Donald Trump another biggest bogani emitter. If you're going to shop online, use our special links to shop at Amazon. Clear your cookies and go to Amazon.Pagosity.tv, and you won't pay a penny more for your purchase. If you haven't used the mobile app in the last 12 months, or even at all, go to Get5.Pagosity.tv on your phone or tablet and get $5 off your order of $10 or more. Go to Prime.Pagosity.tv for a free 30-day trial of Amazon Prime and enjoy thousands of movies and TV episodes, borrow Kindle books, and get unlimited two-day shipping for free. And speaking of Kindle, go to Kindle.Pagosity.tv for a 30-day free trial to Kindle Unlimited, read over one million books, and listen to thousands of audiobooks on any device. You can go to music.pagosity.tv and get a free 30-day trial of Amazon Music Unlimited with access to Amazon's entire library of 10 million songs, ad-free and with unlimited skips, and even download to listen offline. All great ways to help this podcast simply by shopping at Amazon. And now... 
Wow! I've prepared a very special punishment for this week's Eat Let's give it everything we've got! It's punishment time! And this week it goes to Democratic members of the House Judiciary Committee where they were attempting to question former FBI counterintelligence chief Peter Strzok on a question of potential bias in his investigation of Trump's supposed but long-debunked ties to Russian election hacking. It happened when Trey Gowdy asked the very first question. Between July 31st and August 8th, how many interviews did you conduct related to the alleged collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. Now, as he says later, he already knows the answer. There were no interviews until August 11th. But very suspiciously, Strzok avoids answering this question. As you know, that counsel of the FBI, based on the special counsel's equities, have directed me not to answer any <coughs> questions about the ongoing investigation into Russian attempts to interfere. So, so you the, gentleman, the gentleman will suspend and the clock will suspend. Mr. Strzok, you are under subpoena and are required to answer the question. Are you objecting to the question? If so, please state your objection. Mr. Chairman, I object. That weasel you're hearing now is Democrat Jared Nadler. The, the gentleman it does not have standing Mr. to object. Chair, I, there is no point, point of order. No point of order well, here. The, the, the point of order should be heard. Point of order is when a parliamentary rule of the body, in this case a House rule, is being broken. In order to make it, you have to say which rule has been broken, and he never did. Yeah, I mean, if he's alleging that a rule has been broken, uh, he should be able to cite what it is. General state is point of order. My point of order is that, intentionally or otherwise, this demand puts Mr. Strzok in an impossible position. He is still an employee of the FBI, and FBI counsel has so instructed they, him not to answer the question. The gentleman, if we have a problem with this policy, we should take it up with the FBI, not badger Mr. Strzok. The gentleman's point of order is not well taken. It's right the, on point. No, it's not. And he tried this several more times when the chair tried to get an answer out of Strzok. The and you should not answer the question. The gentleman has not stated a valid point of order. The ruling nonetheless, the chair in that case. nonetheless, the chair hasn't made a ruling. This is pure obstructionism, nothing more. Mr. Chairman, I, the, the I will, Mr. Chairman, you know, or we all know, that if we were to ask a question of a witness about a military secret, if we were to ask him, how does the H bomb work? He could not answer that question. Gentleman this is the same not thing. Stated, that is a classification issue, not an issue of whether or not this is a valid question for which... I appeal the ruling of the chair. So he made an irrelevant point, and now he's trying to appeal another non-existent ruling. That, that, is, that is not a ruling. Mr. Strzok? Mr. Chairman, I insist on my point of order, and I insist on Mr. Strzok. appealing the ruling of the chair. Mr. Strzok, knowing the advice that point I Point of order, have given Mr. You. Chairman. So other Democrats are chiming in now. They do not want Strzok to answer this question. Point of order. I believe there's a point of order that's been raised, and you've ruled we have a right now to answer Mr. Nadler's. It is not a opinion. valid point of order. And I have already on that question. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Strzok. Mr. Chairman, I appeal the ruling of the chair that you have just made. 
on that, on, the, on whether the... You have my, not stated a valid point of and order. And that is your ruling, and that, I appeal it. That is not an appealable... Point of order. Yes, it is, Mr. Chairman. Appealing the ruling of the chair is exactly what he's requesting. He's appealing it. That requires a vote to either sustain it or overrule it. The gentleman from New York has not cited a rule of the House that is being violated. Therefore, it is not a point of order. That's your rule. No, it's not. It's a House rule and a rule that conforms with basic parliamentary procedure wherever it's practiced. Appeal that ruling of the chair. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman. This voice is Democrat Sheila Jackson Lee. Is it not appropriate to also interject the attorney-client privilege, which cannot be overridden? He's not doing that. This has nothing to do with attorney-client privilege. Uh, and is a the, rule of the House to the, the extent that women have suspend. the right to an attorney-client privilege in this House. Mr. And that is what this witness is uh, asserting, attorney-client privilege, Mr. and he has been Strzok. advised not Mr. to answer the, the question. The gentleman will suspend. The gentleman has not raised the attorney-client privilege. He has said that he's been instructed by the FBI not to answer the question. Now, by lawyers. That's not what attorney-client privilege is, you stupid woman. Attorney-client privilege protects communications between attorneys and clients, and that's not what this is. He knows, he knows the advice I have just given him. If he would like, I'll restate it. But knowing this, will you answer the committee's question as directed, or do you refuse to answer the committee's question? Point of parliamentary inquiry, Point of parliamentary inquiry is there to inquire about a parliamentary rule. No such inquiry was given, and it's out of order to do it during another speaker's time. Remember, during all this, it's supposed to be Trey Gowdy's time to ask questions of the witness. But they're kind of stopping the witness from answering any questions, essentially. Yeah, they're trying to shut it down entirely. Point of parliamentary inquiry, Mr. Chairman. The, the, the gentleman from South Carolina has the time. A parliamentary inquiry is not in order during the gentleman's time. The chair is instructing the witness to answer the question. And the question to you is, Mr. Chairman, will you answer the committee's question as directed or do you refuse to answer the committee's question? Mr. Chairman, I move to adjourn. Really? Really, Nadler? You're going to move to adjourn during another speaker's time? I mean, really, the chair would have been perfectly within his rights to instruct the sergeant of arms to keep order. If you ask me, he's showing a lot of patience and restraint here. He sounds basically like some brat who's bitter about losing, so he's just stopping anyone from playing. You're not recognized for that purpose. Mr. Chairman, I think you have no choice but to recognize such a motion. I, I do not have. Are you just going to make up rules as we go along? Well, that's clearly what you're wanting to do, Nadler. Apparently. The motion is not in order during the time controlled by the gentleman from South Carolina. I appeal that ruling of the chair. Oh, shut up, Nadler. As you know, counsel for the FBI has directed me not to answer questions about the ongoing investigation. As you also know, counsel for the FBI is sitting here behind me. May I consult with them? You may consult with your own counsel. Not with but I may not consult with the FBI's only, counsel? Only with your own counsel. Right. Right. Just take it. Just take it.
Mr. Chairman, there's no basis for that. He can consult with the FBI counsel. He's an FBI the employee. The gentleman is not recognized. And the chairman is not being proper. The chairman is being proper. The witness can't be directed not to confer with his attorney. That guy who just spoke is Democrat David Cicilline. And if you want to know what a liar he is, let's listen to relevant bits from that exchange again. You may consult with your own counsel. But I may not consult with the FBI's counsel? Only with your own counsel. So the chair says he can consult with his own counsel, and Cicilline says... The witness can't be directed not to confer with his attorney. Yeah, unbelievable. The, the FBI is not his attorney. His attorney is seated behind him. If he wishes He's an employee of the FBI. He's already done. He may do so. And his attorney may consult with the FBI attorney? Shut up, Nadler, you weaselly waste of space. Counsel for the FBI has directed that I may not answer that question. Mr. Strzok. In a moment, we will continue with the hearing, but based on your refusal to answer the question, at the conclusion of the day, we will be recessing the hearing, and you will be subject to recall to allow the committee to consider proceeding with a contempt citation. And at that point, Eric Solwell interrupted. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Will the committee also consider contempt for Mr. Bannon, who refused to answer Mr. Gowdy's questions when he was actually under subpoena? Really? First of all, that's not a point of order. Second, this hearing isn't about Steve Bannon. These Democrats are showing they're no more mature than third graders. Now, I'm sure that's not fair. I've met plenty of third graders who can manage just fine. Yeah, you're probably right. That, that is not a proper point of order in this hearing. Parliamentary inquiry. Mr. Gowdy, do you remember Parliamentary that? inquiry. The do you remember time that? is controlled by the gentleman from... Parliamentary South. inquiry. A parliamentary inquiry is Mr. not Bannon, in order when the gentleman from Mr. South Carolina Bannon. controls the time. And it goes downhill from there. This whole fiasco of a hearing was derailed by the Democrats present using parliamentary procedure, which is supposed to keep order, not deliberately to disrupt the questioning. And by the way... A little later on, Strzok felt no compunction to answering questions about the investigation that weren't uncomfortable to him. And let's play one of my favorite games, Reverse the Parties. If this were Republicans pitching this tantrum about someone the Democrats wanted to question, is there any doubt the fake news media would be all over it? Yeah, the, oh, those awful obstructionist Republicans getting in the way. Of justice, yeah. These Democrats show that they're only deserving of a timeout. In fact, I might even be persuaded to advocate spanking in this case. As it is, the most I can do is to give them a very well-deserved... Well, that wraps up this all kinds of mean, nasty, ugly-looking people on the bench there edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at forum.bogosity.tv or discord.bogosity.tv and feel free to send a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast at bogosity.tv. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate using the links on the website or the QR codes in the thumbnail or support Shane DK on Patreon or Maker Support to get the podcast and YouTube videos early and without ads or promos. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Daniel Wilcox for joining me. Thanks for having me back. Until next time, here's a quote from Thomas Sowell. Many economic fallacies depend on, one, thinking of the economy as a set of zero-sum transactions, two, ignoring the role of competition in the marketplace, or three, not thinking beyond the initial consequences of particular policies.
The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives, 4.0 International License. Bogosity. Want answers to creationist claims against evolution? Would you like to know more about evolution yourself, or even engage creationists more directly, with actual peer-reviewed sources to back you up? My book, How Evolution is Scientific, is designed to show the basics of evolutionary theory and how it is so well supported using the scientific method. It's impeccably sourced, with references to the actual scientific material, and is arranged using the creationists' own criteria of what is scientific. Using their own arguments against them, see how evolution is scientific, but creationism is not. Based on observations, accurate predictions, logic, and evidence. Get answers to common creationist claims, and even a primer on abiogenesis, the start of all life. It's all in my book, How Evolution is Scientific, available at Amazon and on Kindle, EPUB, and PDF as well. Get How Evolution is Scientific and never be taken in by creationists again. Nobody loses when freight is tree. Well, no. <laughs> We're trading trees. Sorry. Stupid. Oh, oh, we used cookies thing. The what? Oh, yeah. You know you have the European Union to thank for that, too. Are they the ones who put in that recent thing that made uh, Wikia change, remove the monobook skin? I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, Wikian is no longer legally allowed to use Monobook. Huh. Because, uh, because of some new uh, EU law. I'll have to check that out.